Hey everybody, this is Keith Loy. I'm the founding senior pastor of Celebrate Church in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, and this is our podcast. I just want to say thank you for joining us, and it is my prayer that this week's message will truly encourage you. Enjoy. Hello, Celebrate, and welcome as we continue this great series called Extraordinary You. It's a series where we look at ordinary people like you, like me, that God has used in extraordinary ways. Let me ask you, if I said, how many of you really want God to give extra to you, extra strength, extra power, extra wisdom, extra peace, extra ability to forgive, extra understanding? How many of you really would say, I want God's extra on my ordinary? I would hope you would. If we ask that, then God's going to do something. He's going to lead in and he's going to say, it's time. Do the dance. And see, if God's extra is on you, you can't sit like this. You can't even just stand. Uh-uh. No. There's a dance that takes place because God's, God's extra is on you, and you just know it. It's on you. Absolutely. <laughs> Pastor Keith started the service last week by having us look at the example of Moses, a very ordinary man that God used in a very extraordinary way. We also understood that many times the extraordinary life that we all desire is really actually found in the ordinary things we do every day, but we do them for God's glory by loving other people. Am I right? That's exactly how he does it. So today we're going to look at the life of Noah. Say that word with me, would you? Noah. And Pastor Keith, who loves you with all of his heart, is giving me the honor of opening God's word with you. So would you open up to the very first book of the Bible, the book of Genesis, Genesis chapter 6. And let me encourage you on something Pastor Keith encouraged you last week is always bring your Bible. If you don't have one, we'd love to give one to you at guest services. Here's the reality. Nothing, nothing I will say will change you. Nothing. I don't have that kind of power. God's word can change you, though, in every aspect. Every answer to your marriage, it's here. Every answer to parenting, it's here. Every answer to finances, it's here. Every answer to anything you want in life, it's in God's word. And especially when you don't just hear it, but then you read it with and you take notes, God will take it in. Now, we're going to, before we jump into Genesis 6, I want us to read together a verse from Hebrews 11 that talks about Noah. This is from the Hall of Faith chapter. And so if you would, would you read this out loud? Here we go. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by faith, he condemned the world and became the heir of righteousness that comes by faith. Noah's a big character. Even people that really haven't read the Bible have probably heard of Noah and the flood. Well, Genesis 6 starts the story. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Let's look at it together. It won't be on the screen, so you'll follow on your Bible, starting in verse 5. The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. Then the Lord said, I will wipe this human race I've created from the face of the earth. Yes, and I will destroy every living thing, all the people, the large animals, the small animals that scurry along the ground, and even the birds of the sky. I'm sorry I ever made them, but Noah found favor with the Lord. Would you say the last sentence with me? But Noah found favor with the Lord. Why did God choose Noah? From what we understand archaeology-wise, they would estimate that probably about one million people lived on earth at that period of time. So we could say that Noah was God's one in a million. You could say it that way. If, if you were God and you were going to start all over again, who would you choose? Or 
Let's personalize it. If God was going to start all over today, would he choose you? Would he choose me? Deep down inside all of us, we have a desire to be chosen. Every little kid in kindergarten when the teacher says, who would like to help? And they don't have to get out there. They all want to be chosen, right? I mean, remember back to your favorite class growing up in school, recess. And you jump out and you only have so many minutes, so let, let's get organized here. And, and okay, your captain's okay, now choose. And what's your greatest fear? You either be chosen last or won't be chosen at all. All of us desire to be chosen. So who is it that God chooses to put his extra on them? We're going to look at four attributes of Noah. And if you take out your message notes, you'll see them. But here's what's crazy about these attributes. God doesn't choose them. We do. These are attributes we actually choose. And in doing so, then God can put his extra on us. Here we go. First attribute. Noah was available. Say that with me, would you? Noah was available. You know, our society does not talk about this word. We talk about a different word, ability. That's what we talk about. We look for ability, talent, skill. My wife and I graduated from Lennox High School just a couple of years ago. <laughs> and when I was in high school, I formed a club that in order to be in my club, you had to have the raw, natural ability to be a professional athlete. But because of poor coaching, you'd never get there. <laughs> Would any of you have been in my club at all? Yeah, sure. Because we like to talk about ability. Do you realize that God never looks at ability, ever? He looks at availability. That's all God looks at. Let me give you a definition of availability. It's two words, definition. Show up. How's that? If you want to succeed in your job, what do you think you should do? That's a good start. Good start. Show up. If you want to succeed in your physical health, guess what you should do at the gym? So why don't you show up? Absolutely. If you want to succeed in your marriage, what should you do? Show up at home. That'd be a good thing. If you want to succeed in your spiritual walk with Jesus, what you should do? Show up. Show up at church. Show up serving. Show up in life. Show up. Man, we, we don't do that. God cannot use us. He can't put his extra on us if we don't show up. He can't. He can't put us into a game when we're not there at all. So many people start up, but then they never show up. Seemed that Noah was the one who showed up. I think, friends, if we could understand the amount of extra God wants to put on you and I. In fact, here's how it says in the Bible. To him who can do incredibly more than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. God wants to put so much extra on you, it would blow your mind. He wants you to have it all. He wants you to have it all. It, it reminds me of the story of the elementary Christian school cafeteria. The students were going through the cafeteria line, and there was a big plate of apples, and one of the teachers had written a note that says, only take one, God is watching. Well, a little bit down the line, there's a plate of chocolate chip cookies, and a clever student had written the note that said, take all you want, God's watching the apples. <laughs> God wants you to have it all. He wants you to have all of his, because we're made in his image. In order to do that, we have to be available. Now, here's what availability says. You see it in your notes. Availability says two things. First of all, you have to stop focusing on what you can't and start believing what he can. Man, I, I'm in so many conversations, and I wonder what God thinks when people just start off by saying, well, here's the reason I can't. I can't because I can't have this. I don't have this. And what is it that you don't have that God could use? Uh, let's see. I, oh, I don't have any resources. 
wow, it seems like the little boy only had a couple loaves and fish, and God took his extra, put it on that ordinary boy, and fed 5,000. You don't think that you can talk? We met him last week in Moses. He had a, he had a speech impediment, couldn't talk. But God put his extra on Moses' ordinary and used him to lead an entire people out of bondage into freedom. What, you think you're too old? I don't know. How old is that anyway? Caleb, 85, is that old? Is that young? I don't know. Caleb said, man, God, I'm willing. I'm available. And God put his extra on Caleb's ordinary 85-year-old body. And Caleb led his people to conquer the hill country and take it. What is it you don't think you have? You don't think you have family support? Uh, let's see, Joseph, sold into slavery by his brothers. Have you been sold into slavery by your family? But God puts his extra on Joseph's ordinary and literally used him to save a nation, save his family. You know, it's interesting. When I read this Bible over and over again, nowhere, nowhere do I ever find that God asks somebody, uh, tell me what you don't have. Never ask it. He does ask one thing over and over again. Do you believe I can? Do you have faith? In fact, the Bible says it doesn't take much faith. How much faith does the Bible say it takes? A mustard seed. Look in Matthew 17. If you have faith as small as a mustard seed, how big is a mustard seed? About that big? It's one of the smallest seeds that there is. It says if you have faith that small, you can still say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. If you want God's extra all over you, then you have to start with what he can do, not what you can't. But here's the second part of availability. It means we have to stop focusing on what you want and instead start being available to his will. See, God created you unique, unlike anybody else, with a specific purpose. And he has so much he wants to give you, but I wonder if sometimes that I and you don't hear it because we're so busy telling God what we want that he never has the ability to tell us what he wants for us. One of my favorite movies, love this movie, Evan Almighty. Any of you ever seen Evan Almighty? It's actually a modern-day parable of Noah where newly elected congressman Evan Baxter goes to Washington, D.C. to change the world, and in doing so, he meets God. And God has a crazy request, I want you to build an ark. And Evan at first goes, Duh, you can't be God, until finally Evan realizes this is actually God and this is his request. The dialogue between them is profound for you and I to le learn from. Watch this. So you're really him, aren't you? You want more proof? I haven't done the pillow of salt thing in a while. That's all right, I believe you. I just, I don't understand why you chose me. You want to change the world, son. So do I. Wh what? Well, why an ark? I mean, that's like flood territory. You wouldn't do that again. You wouldn't do that. Would you do that? Let's just say that whatever I do, I do because I love you. Well, then you have to understand that this whole building and ark thing is really not part of my plans here. I need to settle into my house. I need to make a good impression at work. <laughs> what? Your plans. <laughs> What are you talking? I'm, we're talking about an ark, right? I mean, an ark? An ark is huge. I don't even know where I would begin. Well, I hear that a lot. People want to change the world, don't know how to begin. You want to know how to change the world, son? One act of random kindness at a time. 
build the ark. I'll tell you what. You build it, I'll fill it. And if anybody asks, tell them flood's coming. Two weekends ago, we had incredible worship service. Saw 152 people be baptized. And what were they saying in that baptism? They were saying, obviously, I trust Jesus Christ in my life, but they were saying something else. I'm available. That's what they were. Tony Campolo used to be a professor of sociology at Eastern College in Philadelphia, and he would say this. If you make yourself available, God will use you in ways you could have never imagined. One time, Tony was asked to speak at another college in Valley Forge, Pennsylvania, and went there to speak, and just before they, he went up to speak, they said, well, let's pray for you. And in a back room, they gathered around, and as they were praying for that night, one of the guys kind of made just a side prayer. And then he said, God, and would you also just be with Bert Harris? You know, Bert Harris, he lives down at 1805 Jefferson. Bert's in a hard spot. He's He's planning on leaving his wife and kids, and he's just going through a tough time. God, would you just be with Bert? Prayer ended. Tony spoke. At the end, he started to go back home to Philadelphia, and as he was traveling along, he saw a hitchhiker. Picked him up. Said, where are you going? He said, I'd like to go to Philadelphia. Tony said, I'm going there. Jump in. They started going along, and Tony said, I'm Tony. What's your name? He said, Bert. What's your last name? Harris. Tony pulled off the freeway and started to head back the other direction. And Bert said, wait, where are you going? He says, I'm taking you home. He says, you don't know where I live? He says, yes, I do, 1805 Jefferson. <laughs> and you're not supposed to leave your wife and your family. God has plans for you. And that night, that guy's got changed, life got changed forever, and so did his family. See, when you and I say, God, we're available, God will put his extra on you. The more I'm a follower of Jesus, I am so convinced that God is not looking for supernatural people. He's not looking for super ability people. He's looking for ordinary people, just you and I, who simply say, I'm available. And if you say that, God will put his extra all over your ordinary, and then he's going to say, it's time. Do the dance. Oh, yeah. Because you can't sit still. Uh-uh. God's extra's on you. You have to do it. It's part of it. Here's the second thing that we can learn from Noah. Noah refused to be like everyone else. Say that with me. Noah refused to be like everyone else. Another way to say it, say it is that he was willing to be different. In fact, do this. Just glance on the people on both sides of here. Just a real quick glance of it. How many of you would say you're sitting beside somebody who's really different? <laughs> now, here's the reality. Y'all should have your hand raised. Because Pastor Keith said last week, fingerprint, your chances of a fingerprint's one in a billion. Every one of us is totally different, totally unique, made exactly the way God made us to be. You're born original, yet everybody is so worried about wanting to conform to what others think about them. They're always willing to be worried about all that kind of thing. You know, I, I, I heard a guy say this one time. He said, Reed, he said, if you ever want to succeed in life, Here's what you do. Study everything the average person does and then do the exact opposite. One of my friends says, you want to give me a compliment? Call me oddball. That's his definition of a compliment. Here's what it says in Genesis 6. Look at verse 9. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person. Go ahead and circle that. Living on earth at the time, and he walked in close fellowship with God. It says that Noah wasn't afraid to stand up, stand up, or stand out or alone, because he didn't care what anybody else said. He wanted to do what God told him to do. In fact, what was the world like at that time? Look at verse 11. Now God saw that the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. 
God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I've decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence. Yes, I will wipe them all out along with the earth. Man, society was in a bad spot and yet Noah wasn't influenced or swayed by it. And I, I think it's what's part of problem of the church. It's a problem in America, problem of the church. We have the thought process that if the majority thinks this way, then it must be what? Must be right. Must be right. Uh-uh. Not at all. How about you? Noah was refused to go along with the majority. He, he had what I call God math. Okay? Any of you in school growing up that math was your favorite subject? How many of that was not? That's, that's usually the other way. To be honest, I enjoyed math. In fact, I went to the University of Sioux Falls and was going to be a math major. So my first semester, calculus one. Second semester, calculus two. At the end of my second semester, my instructor pulled me aside and said, I'll make you a deal. If you decide to switch majors, I'll give you a C. If you decide to say a math major, I'm going to flunk you. Why don't you pray about it and see what God wants you to do? <laughs> I heard the voice of God. didn't take me long, so I switched majors. But you know what? I've always enjoyed math. And I don't mean to say this, but I'm actually kind of, I think, pretty good at numbers, especially one kind of key part, okay? Christian, give me a number, any number. I don't care. Oh, give me a bigger number than that. 27, 27, 27 times zero, <laughs> zero, all right? It's crazy, it's crazy. Michael, give me a bigger number, give me a bigger number. 100, 100 times zero, <laughs> zero. It's crazy, it's, it's a gift. I know it's a gift, but it's just kind of crazy, okay? God times zero, zero. See, when you and I are so consumed about wanting to be in a majority and we refuse to be like what God craves to become, he has nothing to work with. But God times one is a majority. It is unlimited. See, think about Noah and his willingness. It had never rained ever, ever. And he's trying to describe as people come alongside him things that they've never heard of before because it's never existed. What are you building? Well, it's a... It's a Boat. What's a, what's a boat? Well, when, when it floods. Well, what's a flood? Well, that's when it rains. Well, what's rain? Let me ask you, how long would you be willing to be misunderstood and criticized year after year? And the only thing you can say is, God told me. Hmm. Repeat this after me if you would. Conformity is often the enemy of Christianity. Romans 12 says this. Don't be conformed to the world. Don't. If everybody's saying this, the world's saying this, no, don't be conformed. It said be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's what it says. In fact, the book of Proverbs says this, the fear of man's a trap, but the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. This was so hard for me to work with. I was so insecure in so many different ways that I needed people's approval. I needed to be affirmed and all these different things. And one time a mentor pulled me aside and said, Reed, you're going to have to figure something out. And he said this, he said, you have to understand that right now in the entire world, no one is saying, read. Even your mom's not thinking about you right now. Nobody's thinking about you right now. There's only one person thinking about you, and that's you and God. So why are you so worried about what other people are thinking about you when they're not thinking about you? Why don't you be more concerned about God thinking about you because he's always thinking about you? You know what? That was hard to hear, but it's true. Noah didn't fear others, but he did fear God. Remember the first verse that we read in Hebrews? By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, 
built an ark. He was more afraid of what God said than what people said. In fact, 1 Samuel 15 says, what's more pleasing to the Lord? And then it answers it, obedience is more than sacrifice. See, the key is this. If we want God's extra all over us, then we have to be willing to be unlike anybody else and just be ourselves so God can put his extra on our ordinary. Make sense? And then God will lean in and say, it's time. Do the dance. And you'll feel his extra. And oh, baby, you will. I'm just telling you right now because you can't stand still. You just can't. It comes all over you. Here's the third thing that we can learn about Noah. Noah followed God completely. Say that with me. Noah followed God completely. Look at verse 22. Noah did everything just as God commanded. Think about this. It doesn't say in some of the things God commanded or in most of the time it says in all the things that God commanded. Obedience is another word for faith. We live in a society that, man, people make excuses. Do you hear that a lot? I mean, I hate to say it this way, but even a couple weeks ago, Pastor Tim called and said, hey, I'm going to be late because I'm stuck at the blood pressure machine at, at high B. I mean, Tim, really? Come on. Man. But God is not looking for people who give excuses. God is looking for people who are obedient. Let's ask this way. When you think about Noah, how long would you and I be willing to stay obedient to something even though it didn't make any sense? didn't make any sense at all. We already said it. It had never rained before. There had never been a rainbow. He's supposed to build a boat, not a bass boat, a Titanic for animals in a place that's 500 miles from the nearest water. I mean, are you kidding me? And then get two of every animal? Have you ever tried to get two cats to do something together? I mean, my land. And yet, as far as we know, he never argued. He never complained. He never questioned God, ever. He just did it. Again, God's not looking for talent. He's looking for obedience. Love is unconditional. God's blessings are conditional. When I was walking through my addiction, probably the most, one of the most helpful things is someone told me, he said, Reed, God only wants one thing from you today, 24 hours of obedience. That's it, just 24 hours. Then after that, once you tomorrow, once you start with 24 hours of obedience, and then on Tuesday, 24 hours of obedience, because God can take obedience and can use it. Because when you and I follow God completely, then God will put his extra all over your ordinary. And you know what he's going to tell you? It's time. What are we supposed to do? Do the dance. And you'll start to move because you can't, you can't keep it. You can't. God's extra's on you. And you, you have to. You have to do it. Here's the last thing we're going to learn from Noah. Noah never gave up. Noah what? Man, people give up so easily, so easily. I, it reminds me of the story of two guys that were flying on an airplane together and trying to stir up conversation. One guy said, where are you from? The other guy said, from Texas. He says, well, that's good. What area? Around the Dallas area. He says, oh, hey, I heard there's some great fishing down there. You ever been fishing? He says, I tried it once, didn't like it. He said, well, I know there's some hunting. Do you, do you hunt it all? He said, no, I tried it once, didn't like it. So well, I know that there's great golf courses. Do you golf? He said, no, I tried it once, didn't like it. He said, you ever been to a cowboy game? He says, no, nah, I tried it once, didn't like it. And nothing, I mean, it's out all the way. Finally, he said, uh, would you like to play cards? And the guy said, no, nah, I tried it once, didn't like it. But my son's rising across the aisle. You can ask him. The guy turned to him and said, I presume that's your only son. <laughs> Think of Noah's patience and persistence. We talk about 20 seconds of insane courage. How about 120? 
not seconds, not minutes, not hours, not days, not weeks, not months, 120 years Noah built the ark. 120 years. Man, how many years could you hang in there just because you said God told me? Could you and I do that? That's what God's looking for. Here's three, real quick, three things that keep most people from not finishing. You can just jot them somewhere on the side of your notes. Three common things that stop people from being able to do what God called them to do. Number one, just simply problems. Any of you have any problems this week? First of all, welcome to life. That's part of life. Can you imagine Noah's problems? I mean, think about it. You're in a desert. Where's the lumber coming from? How do you keep the two of everything from eating each other? How about let's talk about sanitation situation. I mean, my land. It's problems. It'll keep you from that if you allow it to. Here's another one, pressure. You ever been in a spot where you just said, man, this is beyond me? I love the first conversation. I don't even know where to start. And God says, I hear that a lot. Hear that a lot. You ever been way over your head and I don't even know where to begin? I love the verse in 2 Corinthians 4. It says this. We are pressed on every side by troubles, but we are not crushed and broken. We're perplexed, but we don't give up and quit. We're hunted down, but God never abandons us. We get knocked down, but we get up again and we keep going. Man, just persistence. Because you're going to have problems. You're going to have pressure. But here's the third one you're going to have. You're just going to have people. You're going to have people. People will disappoint you. People will sometimes criticize you. They won't applaud you. Man, think Noah had that? I think you had that a ton. One of the things that I appreciate are, are people who are just ordinary, but they didn't quit. And because of that, I obviously enjoy benefits because of that. I, I, think, of, I think of people, man, I'll, I'll take any of them. I, I think of a person who's just very ordinary. And yet he felt like God was calling him to do public service, but every election was failure, 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 over and over and over again, often and often and often. And yet he hung in there until finally God put his extra on Abraham Lincoln. He became president and saved the union. Man, I think of people that, man, could have had every aspect of rejection in their life, thousands of failures, not hundreds of failures, thousands of failures on something you believe that that's there and you believe God's giving you insight to it and what are you supposed to do until you finally figure out and God puts this extra on you and Thomas Edison invents light bulb. I'm, I'm grateful for that. I'm grateful for that. I'm, I'm grateful that even though he was way too old and nobody wanted him, nobody wanted him at all. But yet, he knew he was supposed to do it and at that age of 65, Winston Churchill allows God to put his extra on him and literally save the world at that time. I'm grateful that even though he had he had a dream of being a writer, publishing, never, and everything got rejected time after time after time after time after time. I'm grateful he never gave up because, man, my kids and my grandkids love Dr. Seuss, and I have to admit I do too. You know what? At age 65, having nothing except one possible thing that you think you're good at and saying, I'm going to share that with people and, and see what happens, and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of those, not only 1,000 those, but over 2,000 people say no to you before the first person says yes. I'm glad he didn't give up because, to be honest, I like Colonel Sanders' chicken. I really do. <laughs> we just got done these last three days with our church planters. Man, oh man, can I tell you how much I love them? Can I tell you how much I love them, guys and gals? Because God is doing such amazing things, and not one of them, it makes sense. Not one of them, it makes sense. Let's leave everything we have. Let's leave our jobs. Let's leave our friends. Let's leave our home church. And let's go over here to a place many times we've never been. We know nobody. We don't have jobs. It doesn't make sense, but God said it. And we're going to simply off ourselves, and we're simply going to go there, be obedient, and we're going to go in there because God told us to. 
and to see the miracles and the miracles and the miracles that happened. Can I tell you how grateful I am every day that Pastor Keith in the last 20 years didn't quit? Amen. He could have. We all get discouraged. It's human. But he didn't, and because of that, all these cities are coming to know people, are coming to know Jesus over and over and over and over again. See, friends, sometimes we just have to hang in there. We just get to a point where we say, don't quit. I love Second Chronicles. It says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully committed to him. God's looking for people. Can he find you and I? If you look at your notes, I wonder what your thoughts would be if you put your name instead of Noah's. Bob was available. Susan refused to be like everyone else. Jim followed God completely. Joanne never gave up. That's who God is looking for. And when God finds that kind of person, he'll put his extra all over you, and you'll see amazing things happen. Here's the ending of the story. If you know the movie from Evan Almighty, there was a flood. And here's the last conversation that Noah and God have. Hey. Hey. What are you doing here? Just hanging out with some old friends. You knew all along, didn't you? You knew the dam was unstable. It hadn't been for the ark, my family, the neighbors. I fought you every step of the way. Yes, but you did it. So you had nothing to do with the flood? Like where the ark landed exactly? I gave you a little shove at the end. Sue me. <laughs> You did good, son. You changed the world. No, no, I didn't. Well, let's see. Spending time with your family, making them very happy. Gave that dog a home. Right, so? So, how do we change the world? One act of random kindness at a time. One act of random kindness. Wow. It's time. Do the dance. Care to join me? <laughs> but Noah found favor with the Lord. What would happen if not just individually but if collectively we said, God, I'm available. I'm, I refuse to be like everybody else. I want to be who you made me to be. I'm willing to obey you. I'm willing not to give up. What would happen if collectively God could look and say, but celebrate found favor with the Lord? What would that do through our acts of random kindness that people, your work would say, listen, what's going on? You're changing. What's going on with you? And you say, why don't you come with me? Join me this weekend. What if people work said, man, what's going on in your marriage? Because you guys were getting a divorce. He said, you know what? God. God's put something extra on our marriage. And we're, it's healing it. Man, what's going on? You and your kids were just, there was such struggle in that. God put something extra on our family. And he's healing our family. Man, what's going on? You, you, you were in a real addiction. What's going on? God, God put his extra on my ordinary, and he's healing me from it. 
What would happen so much to the point that God's extra would fall on all of us? That people couldn't explain it. You're just ordinary, but yet there's something about you. It's God's extra. Who wants God's extra all over you? Do you? Do you really want it? You know what God's going to say? It's time. What are we supposed to do? Do the dance. Do the dance. Who's going to dance with me? Who's going to stand up and dance with me and saying, I want God to give me extra? Come on. Is that it? That's it? That's the only people that want extra? Who wants extra? Come on. Do your dance. Come on. God's looking for it. He's looking for people to do his dance. Heavenly Father, we love you because right now in heaven, you're dancing. You're dancing with us. And someday, God, when we join you in heaven, there's going to be a dance party that goes on forever. But until that time come, God comes, God, we're just ordinary. But God, put your extra on us. Put it all over us that we can't explain. God, we're available. We want to be just who you made us to be. We don't care about being back to anybody else. We'll, we'll obey. We'll never give up. And God, just put it all over us that every person might know who you are, not because of us, because of the God that we serve. We love you.